listening to ESL Talk, a podcast made for English teachers by English teachers. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You are listening to ESL Talk, a podcast made for English teachers by English teachers. Here are your hosts, Daniel and Golnaz. Hello, welcome to episode 8 of ESL Talk. Today we have a topic that I'm sure a lot of us would like to learn about, how to build an online ESL business. Yeah, there's lots of considerations that are required when building an online business and a few pitfalls that you might need to navigate. So we'll go into that in a little bit more detail today. Yes, and in the interview portion, we will be speaking to our guest, Johnny, who has created his own successful online ESL businesses and who will share how he did this. And he will also share some advice and tips that may be of use to you. So what exactly do we mean when we say online ESL business? Yeah, it's a pretty loaded term. So we can look at this in a few different ways. Um, when we say online ESL business, that could be your own website. That could be you working for a specific company on a platform. Um, that could be just doing video calls with students, maybe that you've met through word of mouth or previous students or um, students that you've known for a while. Um, and it could be being an actual contractor and working for a specific online company. So there's lots of different ways that you can have or work for an online ESL business. Um, the first one, obviously with website is you could have your own website. So I have my own small website. It's not really for teaching. It's just more for me to write about education and write about um, ESL industries and just a few links for my own personal use. But I know a lot of teachers have set up um, forms and links where students can connect with them and they can start to you know, request lessons and book lessons that way. And then the second one obviously is a platform. So there's so many online platforms these days um, and online companies as well. Now, some platforms, like there's one platform that I work with called italki, which is great because it's just kind of a place where I can put my services, what I offer, and I can set my rate, I can set the hours I want to teach, I can decide who I want to teach, and they take a percentage of that. So that is one downside, but it's 
a lot more flexible than some others. Um, again, I'm aware of and I've known and I've done as well video calling with students. So maybe one of my friends or a family friend that, who's a parent might say, you know, my, my son, David, I don't know, for example, he wants English tutoring. Can you meet with him on Skype or Zoom for an hour a week and, and teach him? So that's another way that we can start to build a business that way. And then obviously it's the online company. So I'm sure we've all seen these ads and posts for these uh, companies. Like um, the big one that we all see listed is VIP Kid. I'm sure everyone has heard of this and they're aware of this. So you can essentially sign up for one of these online companies and get guaranteed hours and guaranteed pay, but the pay is quite low and the uh, work can be very, very exhausting. So you're kind of at the mercy of those companies. So there is a drawback there as well. Um, there's pros and cons to each of them. And I have written some articles about this in the past. So there's a lot of different things to look at and to consider when we say online ESL business. Great. Um, thank you for sharing all of these, uh, Daniel. I'm going to look some some of them, actually look into some of them. Uh, but I want to ask you a very simple question. Why is this model becoming so attractive to teachers these days? Because the barriers for accessing and, and starting teaching online are quite low. Essentially, if you are a native speaker or you are educated in a native speaking country even sometimes, or you have um, English teaching experience, maybe a year or two, then a lot of, of these companies and platforms will accept you as a teacher. Now, five years ago or so when I started doing this, there was a lot less um, people doing this, but obviously as internet is becoming more widely available, people are having more flexible lives, they're traveling more, they're working in other places, they're living in other places, they're deciding to do this as kind of a side job or a side hustle or something for a little bit of extra pay. Um, so it's attractive in that sense where it's essentially, you know, let's say $20 an hour to teach a, a student for 45 minutes and just speak with them. That sounds great. But Unfortunately, with that approach, the ceiling is quite low and it, it doesn't take long before you're kind of at the mercy of these companies. If you work with one of those companies and your pay is going to be set and over time, more teachers. So there's more, there's more supply, there's less demand, wages are going to go down, going to have to work extra hours to make up for it and so on. So it is very attractive on the surface, but if you dig deeper with the time, the investment, the preparation and the commitment that you have to put in, it can start to become less attractive. So a lot of people now are trying to transition and build their own online business. This takes time. It does take a lot of you know knowledge and expertise, and it is something that will require a lot of work on your end. You can't just start tomorrow or you can, but your success might be limited or it might be kind of, you know, dependent on your input as well. So my advice would be if you do want to start teaching online and set up your own business, dedicate most of your time to doing that and don't just have it on the side. Otherwise, it's just going to be a kind of secondary, smaller income with a few hours a week, which might be fine. But again, if you want to go for it um, 100% and make it your online business as a full-time venture, it's going to require time, investment, and a lot of commitment as well. Exactly. And even as a side, again, we need to have a plan for it because like setting it up is, as you said, can be really easy, but like maintaining it is the goal. Mm -hmm. So what is your experience working for and setting up your online business like in more details, as you mentioned? Yeah, it's I'm kind of at a very interesting stage right now because I still obviously have my 
regular jobs, my university teaching job, which I'm very fortunate to have and I really enjoy. So that definitely takes away a lot of the time that I would like to dedicate to this. But um, as I said earlier, I've been working for an online platform called italki, which is great um, because again, it offers you know me the opportunity to teach when I want. So whenever my schedule allows it, set the rates that I want to set, work with the students that I want to work with and kind of specialize in, in what I feel I'm good at. So that has been a really nice, useful tool for me. And it's not really about the money either. It's more about having a chance to work with students one-on-one, build my skills, respond to their feedback. And every lesson that I go through, I can tweak, I can improve, I can you know manage a little bit better the next time so that in the future, the students that I meet, I can have a better impact on them and help them with their goals as well. Um, so hopefully one day, I mean, the, the goal will be to, you know, be able to dedicate more time to my own dedicated business um, and just kind of focus more energy and time on that. And obviously, Johnny's going to talk a little bit more about this today. Um, but there is the tools out there these days. There is the resources out there. There is so much information to help you to be successful. It might require some investment to, you know, get the guidance or the counseling or the mentorship that you need. It's going to take a lot of time and it's going to take patience, but you can do it. It is definitely possible. Um, And there's so many great networks and, you know, groups of teachers now who are prepared to share and help and provide the tools that are needed. Um, But the biggest thing for this is creating content and creating courses. That's really tough. Uh, but if you can crack that and you can be successful with it and, and you know, either become a good content creator or work with good con- content creators, then it definitely is going to give you an advantage when you are setting up your online business. So let me ask you then from the other side, Golnes, because as a student studying online, obviously, you know, you, you we've all had differences. And obviously, I know you've been studying online um, in English as the language, not the, not studying English, but studying in English. What's your experience been like that? You know, what are the, the positives and negatives? What are some things that you enjoy and what are some things that you don't enjoy so much? Yeah, as you know, I've been doing my master's and um, I'm, I've been doing it online since I started. So um, I would say that it's a totally different experience and um, totally uh, different from what we uh, have been used to. But it is a good experience overall because it has a lot of advantages. And um, it just, the first thing uh, is that when you study online, uh, the thing that you can, you know, uh, everything happens uh, synchronously and Mm -hmm. asynchronously. This Mm -hmm. just um, gives a lot of, um, you know, opportunities and like I can say a lot of space to students to manage their time and their pace of studying and then um, do everything accordingly. So that's that's what I love about it. But the thing that I don't like about it is that in some classes, for example, I have had I haven't been able to you know connect with the professors or the students, especially with the, with the other students that much. You know because you know you are in the session, everybody is in there. For example, I don't know, group work happens, breakout rooms happen and everything. But again, it's on a you know certain level and you cannot, if you want to exceed that level, if you want to get, um, you know, mingle more with the students, you need that face-to-face space. That's what I a little bit miss about it. But overall, it, it has been a, an interesting new experience. 
Wonderful. Yeah, I, I think motivation, student motivation is, is down to everything. And as a teacher as well, you know, if you want to be successful, you have to put in the work. It's not just going to land on your lap. Or if it does, you need to be able to do something with that. So yeah, that's great advice. So what are some of the problems and issues of teaching ESL online? What are some things that you've experienced or that you've seen um, from this? Um, the issues that I have had so far, or let's say the things that I have struggled with, um, more. Um, I can say, first of all, the whole technology thing and the technological issues and everything. I, I still have them. And um, that can be a little bit frustrating for everyone, of course, but it's just, I think, an inevitable part of our lives. And um, as I said, like on the student's end, connecting has been a little bit difficult and struggling. I, it has also been uh, difficult for me as the teacher on the teacher's side, mm -hmm. but it is easier for me. When I am the teacher, it is easier for me to navigate through it and to manage it and to make changes to it because I have that uh, authority. I have that, like say, power. But as a student, you don't have that power that much. And also um, monitoring the students, um, giving proper feedback, that's what I have always been worried during my online courses. Like, is the feedback that I am giving enough? Is it suitable? Have I monitored everything? Is there, I mean, I'm like, is my student struggling with something that I am not aware of or I cannot see or I cannot understand? Uh, yeah, pretty much these things. But, you know, always there is something that you can, you know, find a way to go around it and fix it and, you know, um, find a solution for it. So yeah. I can say that this is not, it, not it's not impossible to Absolutely. manage it or navigate I think you, it. you've touched on a really important point as well that, you know, if you are teaching online or you are teaching ESL or English online, you need to support students, not just in the class, but also outside of the class. So having those synchronous online and asynchronous um, offline activities as well, I think that's really useful for filling in those knowledge gaps, giving students extra practice and allowing them to link and connect their own interpretations of the lesson as well. So yeah, that's a really good point as well. Definitely. So now there is an uh, there is an important question here that we need to ask, and mm -hmm. it is, can this replace our regular income and can we do this full time? Yeah, teaching online. Absolutely, yes, you can, but it needs to be strategized. It needs to be planned. It needs to be built up. You can't just say on a Friday, I'm just going to teach English online now and then on Monday expect to make $10,000 a month. That's just not going to happen. Um, or if it does, it, it is possible. But again, you're going to have to work every single hour of the day, weekends, early mornings, late nights. So definitely you need to strategize. You need to plan. And within that is going to involve marketing. It's going to involve content creation. It's going to involve a little bit of sales, which some people are not always comfortable with. But absolutely, it is achievable. It is attainable. Um, but it's something you have to build up over time. Um, you have to keep combining your skills. You have to keep training. You have to keep listening and being open um, to feedback, as I always mention in every episode. Um, and then again, be prepared to invest your own money. You're going to have to invest some money. You can't just get everything for free and expect to have an, an amazing you know, business. There's going to be some investment there. If it's in advertising, if it's in marketing, if it's in web design, or maybe outsourcing some work as well, um, that's definitely needed. But I would say, yes, it is possible. It is achievable. Maybe not working for um, online companies. You can achieve a full-time income, maybe not that much, 
but it is possible. Um, platforms like Hitoki, definitely you can do full time, but you need to have a lot of experience, um, a lot of really, you know, high level reviews and ratings and a, a lot of really good feedback from students. Um, but again, all of these companies and all these platforms, they will take their 10% or their 15% or their 20% cut, which is obviously going to eat quite a lot into your, into your, um, into your income. And, you know, depending on where you live, you'll have taxes to pay. You might be considered self-employed. So there's all those other implications as well to think about. So if you are going to do this, make sure you're prepared, make sure you have a plan, make sure you get that advice and that mentorship if it's available. And then obviously invest in yourself. Absolutely. But also invest in some, you know, appropriate, um, relevant, uh, tools, um, whether that's marketing, whether that's advertising, whether that's an assistant or, um, someone to help you with content creation. So let me kind of come back to you then as, a, you know, as someone who has learned online, as someone who's learned English as well, um, and obviously has come to the other side as a teacher, how do you think we can appeal to students online and how do we find students? You know, what would be, what would be the places that you would go, that your students would go to find a teacher or, you know, what are some places that maybe we haven't thought about that students can utilize and that teachers can utilize as well? Um, first of all, I think to be appealing to the students online, uh, we need to um, create the, not, not, not a fake image, but like create a good professional realistic image of ourselves to present ourselves. So that image can include like <clears throat> our, for example, Instagram profile or a website, as you mentioned, for example, that we can create for ourselves and being able to market for it and uh you know, do the branding for it and uh, kind of show it and present it to uh, the public. And also um, show the students what they need. For example, if I um, have expertise in teaching adults and, for example, if I want to, for example, mainly focus on teaching, for example, um, the IELTS, for example, let's say, I have to focus it on um, my audience and my students and what they need and what they are looking for. So, I find those and then I show them to them so that they can see what can be offered to them, what can be presented to them. I think that's pretty much it. But um, like places where we can find students or students can find us, uh, why don't you uh, give us some suggestions about it, Daniel? Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, the power of marketing and advertising now is something that we should not underestimate. And absolutely having that professional image, having that, you know, profile where students can look and say, wow, this person looks like they know what they're doing. I think that's really important. Um, so students will probably use these um, platforms, first of all, like Italki to, you know, find a teacher because they've seen, I need to practice this. I can go here and I can find, have access to all these teachers now. It depends if they're motivated by price, they're motivated by outcome, um, probably price though, which makes sense as a student, you don't want to spend you know, too much, but you want to have a good teacher. So you have to find that balance. So that's one place. Um, a lot of the time now, uh, teachers are coming to students. So maybe it's reaching out on LinkedIn or it's running an advertising campaign on Instagram or uh, Facebook ads or whatever. These are a lot of, this is kind of taking it out and, and directly, you know, finding and seeking out those students. So that's a lot of the ways, but how do we appeal to students? Well, students, you know, and, and people in general, we invest in people, we buy from people. We don't buy from arbitrary things. 
its emotions, its feelings, its outcomes, its goals, and help. how can I help you? Can I help you? If you think I can, yes, you'll work with me. Um, do I have the skills and experience to back that up? Yes. Great, I'll work with you. And am I seeing results? If we can see those tangible changes and those tangible results, then we can definitely appeal to our students. And of course, it helps to have good reviews, have good testimonials, um, and obviously make sure that we're being genuine in what we say, we're being honest in what we say, and that we're delivering results consistently and making a difference. That's what it should be all about as a teacher. Can I make a positive difference to my students' lives? Um, can I help them achieve their goals? And you know, can I enjoy enjoy what I'm doing? Which should be, you know, a really important consideration for any any teacher. Great, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that, Daniel. And uh, let's wrap it up for this part of our uh, episode. And now we are going to have our guest, Johnny, who is going to share his experience about everything that he's doing with his ESL business. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com.
So, Jenny, welcome to ESL Talk. We are happy to have you here. Um, let me start with asking you, uh, can you start by telling us a little about the brands or businesses you have built to date? Yeah, I mean, I have quite a few. Do you want me to talk about the ones related to English only or the ones also unrelated to English? Um, preferably English, but of course, <laughs> you can mention the other anything one. you like to mention. Yeah, it's kind of related because I started teaching English, which is kind of like my own brand. And then I um, I didn't get enough clients really to to pay my bills. So I did Airbnb. I, was, I became an Airbnb host, and that was my main source of income for a while. Um, and then I started Lesson Speak, which is like another business that helps other teachers become teachers because... Doing that process, I noticed that I had some struggles, so I created Lesson Speak, and that's the one that's related to English. The other stuff, not so much. <laughs> and can you tell us a little bit more about it? Like, how does it work? Yeah, so um, most of it is content that a teacher would use during their classes when they're having a speaking English lesson. Um, that's what most of it really revolves around right now. But we're marketing it as a startup that is supposed to help teachers teach, like speaking English, like how I described. And we're going to try to do this through AI, through software, you know, whatever a startup does. Wonderful. That's great. <laughs> it sounds very exciting. Yeah. So what was the process like getting Lesson Speak off the ground? Kind of how long has it taken you to get to where you are today? Yeah, honestly, I, I would say it's still kind of taking off. It's not really off, fully off the ground. <laughs> it's barely taking off, I would say. Um, it's taken a while, to be honest, but I didn't really commit a lot per week. I did it kind of like on the side, as a side project for a long time, and I just continued doing it like consistently. I did something else like this for like a short, a short time, and I noticed how it got like a lot of good attention, so I was like, okay, I'll do it for English learners, because, I don't know, I feel like that motivation is more appealing to me, <laughs> and it kept me going. And I just consistently created content. I just made a new lesson every week or every two weeks, pretty much. That's that's a huge thing that we might talk about a little bit later is developing and building these kind of um, you know plans and schemes and businesses. So what background and experience in English teaching did you have? What was kind of the foundations and the pedigree before starting this business? Yeah, so I mean, before I was an English teacher, I tutored supply chain and IT. Um, but I started teaching English when I worked for iTutor Group. And in that company, I taught spoken English. I mean, just speaking to students, correcting them and stuff like that. And then after uh, they pretty much fired me, <laughs> I went to Preply and I started teaching on my own. But the transition was not easy, like going from employed to a uh, freelancer. I had, I had like no resources to really guide me along the way. So that's kind of what I'm trying to create. I'm trying to create resources for people that were in that kind of situation. And I know it's like a... It happens often that iTutor Group fires their teachers. They have ridiculously high expectations. And it's just like the, the churn is crazy in that industry. I've read all about it. A simple Google search of iTutor on Reddit brings up all kinds of different comments. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, good, it's a good thing to know, I guess, for our listeners as well. Yeah, so if, if you get fired, don't, be, don't feel too bad. <laughs> Okay, so um, how did you market your business, uh, Johnny, and um, attract new students, or how do you do it still? So it's pretty much been the same since I started, just the consistency of content creation. 
And over time, I, I improved it in ways like I created a, a better newsletter, I made um, better graphics, I made some more appealing, I don't know, I improved the customer journey by improving the websites, the images, all that sort of stuff. It's just like small incremental improvements here and there and everyone like once in a while I would see like an improvement, I would take a note somewhere and I would eventually get to it, right? Um just to improve the business. And I think that sort of incremental improvement is what brings these these new, you know, clients that are interested in this kind of stuff. Absolutely, yeah. I I think we talk about feedback all the time from your clients, from yourself even, from others who take a look and I think that's a really positive mindset to have and a really good way to kind of improve your business and what you do, especially in teaching. So how important is it that students invest in you as a teacher? Because, you know, we speak to so many teachers and we have experience of, you know, what do I need to do? Should I prepare my lessons really well? Or obviously that's part of it. But why is it so important that students invest in you as a teacher or you as a an individual or as a business even? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, teachers need to make a living wage. <laughs> so... Um, and to be honest, like preparing lessons takes a long time. That's like content creation. And when you're doing that, that's like a different job. <laughs> so, Absolutely. so you just need to, um, like, there's other people that already did this for you. Like they took the time to do it. Just give them some money and then you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> but you have to understand your niche, like who you're, who you're teaching, how you're teaching. Like, do your students want grammar? Do they want to speak? That's very important because this content is specifically just for speaking lessons. It's not for grammar. And that's that's a big, like, that's really important because um, most teachers, when they think about improving English, they think about their grammar um, and, you know, the mistakes that they're making. But really, this is more about getting them to speak more and fixing some mistakes that they make along the way. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, we all want to be perfectionists, but that's just not realistic. And it's more about the outcomes as opposed to everything that you do being perfect. So yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. good advice. What you're talking about is like the fixed mindset versus the growth mindset. And that's one of the topics I just made. <laughs> Wonderful. There we go. It all links in. So we talked a little bit about niche and creating this niche. I mean, there's so many teaching companies, so many people want to teach English, ESL, where do they begin? How do they distinct, you know, distinguish and differentiate themselves? And how do they stand out from the crowd? What's the process that you would suggest for going through and creating this niche? Yeah, like I said, um, so I started by tutoring supply chain and IT because that's what I studied in college. I moved on to English because I stopped really practicing that stuff. Like, <laughs> I didn't use it. <laughs> um, so I didn't really feel comfortable teaching stuff that I wasn't using anymore. And so I just transitioned to English because I still use that. <laughs> um, after a while, like, I, I, I didn't really have a niche until I started getting a few clients. Like, I started teaching on iTutor Group, and then I started teaching on Preply. But only after I started having my own clients for a while, I realized, okay, so these are the clients that I prefer, or these are the clients that um, I I think are good for me. And essentially, I feel like I relate with the niche that I chose. Because when you relate with um, a niche, then it makes it easier to sell your program. If you're more relatable with your client, the easier it is to sell a you know package of 15, 20 lessons. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really simple advice, but a lot of people overlook that and they think, oh, I need to offer all of these services and do all of these things, which 
is going to stretch you. You stretch your time, stretch your abilities and your resources. So yeah, um, so just connect it to that. When it, you know, let's say I have an online business or I'm teaching online, how would I decide upon my pricing and, and how would I help students see the value of my course or my class like you've mentioned? Oh my God, that this is like, it comes back to the customer journey because you need to put them through a very specific route in order for them to see what you're trying to help them with. Like, if they take a shortcut or something, then they don't see value and it won't work. Um, like, when I started, I just said, okay, well, I'll just charge more than I did when I was working for iTutor Group on Preply. But when on Preply, you just see, a student just sees a giant list of teachers. And so you're competing on price. And if you're competing on price, you're not going to make much. Um, it's only after I realized that, oh, well, there's a, there's a legit process to this. <laughs> because I participated in a, like, um, a mentorship program for teachers to improve their wages and stuff. It's called Bowie Strategy. And using the, their process, I was able to increase my rates. But honestly, like, I, w I knew what I had to do. Like, I just had the puzzles kind of jumbled up, you know? I just had... I needed to find, like, what was the best customer journey that my customer needed in order to be able to show them this amount of value. That's amazing how you reflect on the whole um, process and your progress and your client's progress. That's just brilliant. Um, yeah. If I were to sum yeah. it up, it would be essentially just, like, a combination of, like, messages pages on the internet and like face-to-face -face time yeah i think so i think it's it's one thing to just have a price and that be what defines you or it can be this person's reached out to me this is what they can offer this is the problem they can solve these are the skills and qualifications and experience that's going to help me to achieve my goal so i think a hundred percent this is the right approach and i think we all know this or a lot of us are aware of this but it's just how do we manifest that and put it on yeah, a document or a website or whatever. So I see. Yeah. I see a lot of people struggling with this specific part of the process. I feel like this part requires like a slightly different skill set of being a salesperson, and some people think it's a bad thing to do that. Some people, you know, they have their prejudices. <laughs> so I, this is where I see a lot of teachers struggling, to be honest. Absolutely. Yeah, we we can't all be sales salespeople. We just some of us don't have those skills, and it takes time to develop them. But yeah, I, I can totally agree and. Some really useful practical advice there. Thank you, Johnny. Exactly. And for us teachers, like it is our it is our comfort zone, you know, usually that we do not deal with the financial things or the pricing and everything. Somebody else usually does it for us. But I agree with you. Why not? We can just take responsibility for that. So uh, now that you have um, shared this um, great advice, do you have any advice to share with our teachers? Um, on how they can build effective courses for students. Because, well, everybody builds courses, but like how can they make it effective, more effective? When you talk about effective courses, are you referring to like the face-to-face -face time that they are spending with the student or stuff that the student does on their own? It can include both, I guess. Yeah, I would say both, both elements because you can't really have one without the other. So how do we build that effectiveness into both, both mediums? So the stuff that you use, like the courses that you use like during your face-to-face -face time is one thing um, because you can offer your expertise. You can offer like you, like they can see how you speak and you can correct them like real time. Um, but stuff that a student consumes on their own, like homework assignments or any sort of content, at that point you're competing with all content creators and there's so much stuff out there like 
you gotta start asking yourself, are you a teacher or a content creator? But, like, the stuff that you do in, during, like, your, your face-to-face times, though, that is, like, back to your niche. Like, what kind of lesson are you providing to your students? Are you working on their grammar? Are you working on their spoken English? It comes back to your niche again. Wonderful. And um, I want to switch to social media a little bit and ask you about that. Is social media important for attracting and retaining new students? And if it is, how? Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) I have have a a topic specifically just on this. It's called your online presence. And um, it helps a lot of my students kind of get that kind of awareness as well while they improve their English. Um, Because it's so important. Like, I don't know if you've ever Googled yourself, but you should. <laughs> because that's what your student is probably going to do that. You know, they're going to... Dangerous. Dangerous. <laughs> they're going to Google you. And if you have some weird stuff out there, yeah. <laughs> anyway, you you do have to spend time to actually make it look nice. Like, you have to make it look like you're professional. You have to, you know, be on LinkedIn. You update your description. Update your picture. Um, get a professional headshot, like, with a good camera, good lighting, all that stuff. Because that's what a student sees, that's what anyone will see, and immediately their first impression is based on some picture you put. <laughs> so you want a good a good first impression because it's going to essentially make it easier for you to find good clients. And, well, that's good, right? <laughs> exactly. You're branding yourself, you're selling actually an image, so it's it's important to just make it all the way through. Yeah. yeah, and if you can, if you can like put some authenticity in there, some personality, that that's always nice. Yeah, I think so. And, and it's funny because a lot of the things we're discussing now, we kind of we're kind of all aware of, but until someone says it, you you don't don't kind of connect the pieces and think, oh yeah, actually yeah, that is that is right. But yeah. it's great advice again. So if you were kind of starting over or going back a couple of years or a few years, what's one thing you wish that you knew before starting this business or before starting to teach online? What are some things you wish you would have known beforehand? Um, all right. So are you referring to like me as an English teacher or me with lesson speak as the business? We can, we can mention both, I guess they both kind of have useful, um, contrast to draw. So yeah. What do you think for both? Yeah. So like for me as a teacher, I really wish I had like a, like a more clear, journey for me like a customer journey for me um as a teacher i wish i had like an example to follow like a a mentor or something like that and when i was transitioning from being like an employee to a freelancer i really looked i really did but there wasn't really much on out there but nowadays that's not that's not the case like there's mentorship programs there's content there's all sorts of stuff you gotta just be willing to put time and effort um but as far as lessons speak like that business I, w- I really wish that I knew what sort of lifestyle commitment this would be because consistently creating content um, is something that I don't think a lot of people can relate to. And I thought, I don't think I really realized what it meant to actually do that. Like, to maintain that, I have to make some lifestyle choices that seem questionable to others. Mm-hmm. I, I can totally empathize with you here, Johnny, because... Yeah. You know, I have university classes every day. I have private lessons that I teach. I have other, you know, companies that I, I work with. And it's not just creating new material. It's creating, you know, interesting, stimulating, engaging, creative, something different, something that's not repetitive or that tests the skills and links to previous learning and so on. So there's so many considerations. So I totally know I've spent those long nights, you know, up late creating that content. But 
usually I get good feedback usually so I'm happy to say that it's it's worthwhile but definitely it, it can take a lot of time and I think having those skills or having the ability to be able to you know quickly and effectively create something is really important um, so that's what I would say is, is a, a key consideration here as well yeah yeah for sure and um, this might be my next question might be a little bit um, you know uh, maybe difficult or maybe obvious. I want to ask you about your biggest success so far in your ESL business. I know you have had many, but like, if you want to choose one, what is the biggest one? So, me as a teacher, I would say that my biz- biggest success is every time one of my students tell me a story of how their their level of English or, you know, how they feel more confident and then it happened in real life that they used their English. Like, a recent student told me that he was able, like, his car broke down and some random guy showed up and he was able to talk to him in English and had a good chat for a while. And he wouldn't have been able to do that, maybe, I don't know, if he didn't work on his English. So that's just one story. And I've had, like, many students tell me stories like that. So those are kind of, like, my biggest successes as a teacher. And as um, the Lesson Speak founder, one of my biggest successes is just the consistency and how that brought on other people to be interested in joining me on this project like I have another team member that's been meeting with me for a little while and that's something that I struggled with because I started working on other startups in the past and I I found it hard to keep a team together so that's good (laughs) yeah it can be a lonely place sometimes and you can feel very overwhelmed so having that team definitely helps and you know obviously with this project it's great to have someone to work with because I don't think I'll be able to do it by myself and I'm sure it's the same for you as well Golnes yeah so we obviously you know we're in a community where a lot of us are wanting to teach more teach online transition um, create their own businesses so what advice could you give to potential new esl teachers looking to create their own business i think honestly if you can hold a conversation you're qualified what you need to learn is how to manage your time how to use your computer how to look professional and well, kind of like the logistics of the job. And now there's like a pretty clear path online. Like there's resources out there that will pretty much tell you step by step what you need to do. And you just need to like put the time into actually doing it. You need to take action. Honestly, though, like what helps, I think, people is if they pay a bunch of money for a program because they paid a bunch of money and they don't want that money to go to waste. (laughs) That definitely will motivate you. And I've seen it the other side, working in uh, university settings where students say, well, I paid all this money for this course, so you need to just give me everything and I'm not going to yeah. do much. Well, it works, though. It works. Well, you need to put the work in as well. But absolutely, if you have the tools, you can definitely utilize them. So yeah, I think that's a great motivation. Definitely. Having that financial investment. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now we, can, now we can tell everyone to give us their money. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jenny... Um, if we want to connect with you and find out more about your business and about what you can offer students, how can we do that? Yeah, so you can just search on Google Lesson Speak, like Lesson and Speak, just one word. Um, or you can search my name, Johnny Ilka, and you'll find my website for each of those. And you can see, like, I also have a blog on Lesson Speak for teachers, kind of helps you read some stuff. Um, I need to honestly add more, but <laughs> I also have some blog 
articles on my own website if you're curious about that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, there's all sorts of stuff. You can you can find everything just through a simple Google search. Lesson speak or just my name, Johnny Ilka. And it all connects awesome. back. Google your name. There we go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give me that. Right, awesome. The SEO. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks so much for your time, Johnny. Thanks for dropping by. Um, it was really great to to learn from you and listen to your success and kind of your journey as well. So yeah, thanks so much for taking time to join us today. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you. So thanks much. for having me, Daniel. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Bye bye. Thank you everyone for listening. That was it for today's episode. We are really happy to have you as our listeners and as our supporters. Please keep up with the support and we are happy to receive emails and feedback from you. Yeah, absolutely. We're really encouraged by the amount of support that we've seen so far and every week the numbers keep increasing. So I hope you're enjoying what we do. And as always, feel free to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, at ESL Talk Podcast. And you can also get in touch with us via email at ESLTalkPodcast at gmail.com. That's all for this week, guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes and to follow us on Instagram and Facebook for even more ESL teaching content. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for even more ESL teaching content.